and we're live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk. I'm joined, as always, by the all-knowing Scott of Vector Sigma. Uh, Scott, did you get a lot of Energon goodies from trick-or-treating yesterday? I gave a lot out. Okay, that's fair. So were you recreating that scene from the 86 movie? Was it a mob of Sharktacons swarming over you for all the candy? I wish there was more because I had, um, I actually took like three-fourths of a giant bag uh, to work today because I didn't have enough kids to come by. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, I was giving out handfuls, so... Well, I'm sure at least a few of them were very, very happy when they got home. Maybe maybe their parents weren't so happy because they were probably already getting into the candy, but <laughs> that's, yes. how, that's how Halloween goes, right? I love it. Yeah. So... Um, Real quick, this is the only thing I wanted to say about it, but if you guys are in the U.S., there's an election coming up, get out there and vote, figure out putting my two cents there, and that's all I was going to put out there. Uh, moving on from there, I wanted to dive into the news, and then we have some news with you, Scott, for events that went on, and then we want to cover the remainder of the actions this week. And then starting next week, for anybody out there, we are going to be diving into some other topics. So we have some stuff lined up, but by all means, let us know what you want to hear about. Either reach out to Scott through various means, either on Vector Sigma or on Twitter or to me. You can see all the contact information. Again, it'll be in the show notes. Yep. So uh, first thing, if you are not following the official Transformers TCG Twitter account, and again, we're an unofficial show, but we are going to talk about the official stuff. Uh, you definitely want to make sure that you check it out because they're tweeting out a lot of interesting information. I'm sure it's on the Facebook group as well. So one of the things is that on the Wizards Play Network, WPN, they now have marketing materials for any shops out there that want to advertise that they're running events or that they're carrying product or any of this fun stuff. So definitely check that out if you're producing stuff. I'm definitely going to look into it, see if we can uh, spruce up the overlay a little bit see what options we have, but uh, if you are planning, if you're listening and you are hosting events or intending to host events, those are probably some useful resources for you. Definitely reach out to them and see if you can, uh, you know, enhance and help grow the community. Uh, one of the other things that came up, and I'm going to see if I can pull this up real quick, is this. Scott, did you get a chance to look at the Metroplex reveal, or the little bit that we got? I saw, like, the, I guess it's the the bat, the front side of the the one bot, and the um, I guess the yeah, this the um, the action card that was there. Right. So there's some really cool news. We're not going to go too far into it because there's still a lot that's a mystery. But one of the key things is that it, the release date. And this, I'll be honest with you, this is the first time that I think I've ever heard this with anything, let alone a card <laughs> game. <laughs> but the release date got moved up. From whatever date it was originally going to be, it's actually coming out now on November 16th. So it's releasing ahead of PAX Unplugged. So if for whatever bizarre reason, which we're going to get to in a second, that it's not available there, you'll probably be able to pick it up at your local game store, at Target, wherever else uh, Transformer cards are being sold. And then I'm sure you'll find people to play because <laughs> this looks like a lot of fun already. Yeah, I actually hope that... Um it's like quote playable in a constructed play because if you look at the 
the smaller bot. I forget his name. Uh, Scamper. Scamper. Like his stats are really, really bad, obviously. And then he has right. some ability that basically only kicks in when you have Metroplex. So I actually hope that the characters are like playable outside of um, just playing like Metroplex is like a raid deck. Right. Like, I hope that the I hope and I I mean I I assume you can probably customize even the raid deck itself if you'd want to. Like uh, you know you know, throw some grenade launchers in there or something like that if you want to, but um, like to even take it on as the raid. So, but I do hope that uh, e, you know, both Metroplex himself and the the other bots are, are playable as well. And I haven't seen that they're not, but I haven't seen that they are, so it's hard to say. So Exactly, yeah. So, like I said, we're not going to go too far into it just because there are so many variables at this point. It could be anything. <laughs> like we, we've seen a handful of things. We saw that Metroplex is fittingly humongous. But aside from that, there's not much you can really glean from it. Uh, we're throwing up the graphic here. This was pulled from Facebook. So like I said, you could check out the official Transformer stuff. Although we're unofficial, we always, we're going to pull that stuff in. Obviously, we've been doing that with the cards already. So, yep. Uh, moving on from there, speaking of packs, I did personally tweet at the official Transformers account just asking them, hey, you know, there was a schedule up. Now there's not. Are we going to get details? And I did get an answer, but it was, well, it was literally one word, just yes, which is kind of what you'd expect. We are going to get details before PAX, hopefully soon, because I'm super excited to see what's actually going to be there. Yeah, I, I, I hope the, the, I hope there's, the reason for the delay is basically that um, one of a couple of things, when, when the brief schedule was up there and we took a look at it, um, the events were uh, like capped at 32 players, and I hope that's something that they're looking to to fix. To be honest with you, right. And then uh, from there, um, you know, I just hope that they basically are having at least the same schedule they had there before, which was basically like one event, one major event, quote unquote, per day, mm. um, and and then like the Metroplex thing and the and the the league. I mean, I definitely think all those things will happen. I just hope they up the number of people. I really, right. really, truly continue to believe that the game kind of took them by surprise as to how popular it is. Um, right. Like, I mean, something else we could mention is like, there was an article, I think it was today in IGN, which is obviously like a huge online gaming publication. So like for it to get a positive review and something like that is just going to, is just a, a huge way to reach the masses. Oh yeah. And then, and then just depending on like what the PAX presence is like for that same masses, um, I think maybe that might be part of it. Is they're just trying to make sure that they have enough room and enough, uh, like, to be able to accommodate everyone that actually wants to play. So yeah, I could definitely see that being the case. I have yeah. seen them. Aside from that IGN article, I have seen them start. I forget what magazine was posted, but it was also somewhere on Facebook, and it was not in a Transformers group. Somebody was referencing the fact that Transformers cards were showing up in this magazine. Just it, it was a flame war as a pack in essentially, for whatever yeah, magazine. Yeah, I saw was. that, yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. So it's good to see that there's effort being put forth to get eyeballs on the product because even with all of the initial excitement, you want to make sure the ball keeps rolling and that PAX is going to be a big help with that. Having something, hey, you've got all these cards, come hang out with people to play it. And I think you're absolutely right. They're, they've got to be looking at the size of the events. Although I wouldn't, be opposed to them capping it if they had multiple flights per day 
So instead of just a single 32 person event, it's okay, as soon as you have 32 people, start a new one, or every other hour, start a new one, something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, part of what we have seen, um, you know, we can get into this. Uh, when I played over the weekend, I mean, we had no issues playing, like, best of threes or anything like that. So if they're planning on doing, like, one-game matches and things like that, which the original material said they were, I mean, mm. it's it doesn't take very long at all, to be honest with you. So um, Absolutely. I can see them definitely having multiple events per day. And it, it would not be a timing issue that would keep it, uh, keep it, uh, you know, from, from that, from that happening. Yeah. There has been some talk across a few groups as to what the, trying to determine what the appropriate tournament structure is going to look like for this game. And I think that's still a work in progress on the number of fronts, but we might as well segue from that into <laughs> Have you transformed this week? It sounds like you did. <laughs> yeah, I transformed at uh, all the Kingsmen in South Jersey and Pittman, New Jersey, where you went a couple weeks ago or a week ago, last time we talked. Yeah, it, was, it feels like it was forever ago because I haven't gotten to Transformer much myself, so it feels like an eternity, another lifetime at this point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we had a constructed tournament on last Saturday, um, despite some power issues that were going on at the store uh that was all solved no problem um i thought it was 12 but apparently we had 10 people play okay um during the event and i think the main thing that stood out for me um and you can actually wreck and roll um on youtube actually has a video up right now um of a match after the tournament was over between uh mark kinney and um uh one of the members of Wreck and Rule. Uh, so, Joe, actually, not Brian. Okay. Um, so, it's a grudge match that was going on through Facebook. But, but so we were discussing a lot afterwards. You could hear me in the background playing with, uh, playing with the dog in the shop and <laughs> making commentary, making comments and, nice. uh, dissing on other games if you listen carefully. <laughs> um, not Wizards games, um, just other games in general. Um, but what we were discussing afterwards was, I mean, there was a good amount of, I mean, yourself included and, and you know, a couple other people that we know really well, you know, we counted up about like, I want to say like nine or 10 people that we know of just by rattling names off the top of our heads that weren't there that would normally have been in something like this. Right. Um, so, I mean, that was really encouraging that we probably, you know, we easily could have had a 20 person event right. and that's not counting... I mean, after we posted about it, after the fact, on the main Facebook group, there was probably like five or six people that are like, oh, I live, you know, so and so far away and I could have come to this if I would have known about it and so on and so forth. So, like, it's really encouraging that there was, if, if you just do the outreach, that there was even a potential for even more people to have shown up to something like this. Absolutely. Um, which was just a random Saturday event. And the fact that we have other events coming up all throughout uh, November, some bigger, some larger ones. Yeah, November um, is, is packed, <laughs> for yep. sure. Yep. Is encouraging as well, especially for our area. Absolutely. So everybody out there who thinks there may not be people in your area, keep asking questions, or post it in the various Facebook groups, on Discord, wherever it happens to be your social media of choice, because there are a lot of people out there who are probably in the same position looking for a group or waiting for a group or trying to start a group and then you're the extra body that helps push them over the edge so they can run a regular event. Like Scott was just saying, our greater area 
happens to have a wealth of players. So we can all end up, and because it's so clustered, we're fortunate enough that we can get to a lot of these different things. So hopefully we can keep this ball rolling and we can make sure that there are weekly events, monthly events, either smaller, larger, medium-sized, whatever, so that everybody can get to play the game. Yeah, it was it was really encouraging. So was there anything stand out from there that you wanted to comment on, either a deck, certain um, cards that took you by surprise, anything like that? Uh, I lost my one match to Insecticons because they played uh, Emergency Maintenance, I think the card's called. The heal one, the heal three, or potential heal three? Yeah, so um, I practiced on Thursday night. I played um, three wide cars, um, and there was a certain line of plays that I had done, identified my initial target and you know my order of attacks and things like that. And uh, it basically led to a series of plays that would kind of... And the way I adjusted my deck was pretty much to just leave Scrapnel uh, to attack last because he wasn't really that much of a threat. Because mm. he could just, you know... As long as I had guys alive, he was taking the same amount of damage regardless. I wasn't just going to waste attacks on him, right? Uh, per se. And I had enough direct damage in my deck to deal with him. But like then he healed three, and that gave him an extra attack. And it literally just came down to like his last attack versus my last attack and then so it was like one extra turn that i wasn't anticipating because of that card makes sense um so if i had played it smarter it would have been a different story but i also like misplayed by not holding my direct damage till the actual last turn so it was even available to be healed I so see. that's another thing that i i learned so as long as i learned from the experience all that matters and i learned that my opponent drawing four uh grenade launchers through this through the course of one game both times uh, is also difficult to deal with. So, Funny story. You know. Grenade launcher. I mean, who knew? I've heard yeah. it's okay. <laughs> I've heard it's good. So. Yeah. It, word on the street is you may want to include that card in a, a few of your decks if you yeah. happen to have access to them. Yep. So uh, I guess from there, do you have any other, before we dive into the actions, any uh, new articles coming out that we can all look forward to over on VectorSigma.info? Yeah, I've been a little delayed this week because of work and because of school. Um, uh, I was going to continue to write um, part of those, you know, how to how to figure out your turn. But one of the major theories I was trying to come up with, I, I, I kind of stumbled on how I was going to explain it. So what I decided to do is, um, and I started this, and it should be posted hopefully by Saturday if I get done tomorrow. Uh, I'm basically going to look at, uh, a concept that I like, which is uh, every there's obvious tribal decks in the um, in the game, like your Dinobots, your Insecticons, your cars, your trucks, I guess, like you know what, or like you know different tribal themes. Um, but what I like is there are actually uh, certain cards that I feel like are neutral cards that anybody can use. But they specifically excel in some of these tribal decks. And I think people don't, like, I associate that card with that tribe, even though it's technically can be used by anybody. Like, I consider, like, you know, Energon Axe to be, like, extremely good in cars because they can untap and they usually have damage on them. So it's usually not an issue to get at least one attack in during the first round of combat because you're untapping. Makes sense. Um, so, you know, I think there's, I think, I think people aren't, like, they're not exploiting the fact that these neutral cards that can be used by anybody are 
extra powerful in a certain archetypes and re- to me that's really what puts some of these archetypes over the top not mm. necessarily the tribal cards even though they are the you know some of the good cards in the deck it's really right. like i'm the most effective i still function deck or i'm the most effective uh iron hides blaster deck for example like certain cards that you're like well this deck can go anywhere but it's really effective in this in this uh right. tribal deck so that's what puts them over the top it a lot of those and including the ones that you specifically named feel as though they are almost dual tribal stamped. So yes, there yeah. are some where they, they definitely excel in this particular tribe, but a lot of them do overlap. So well, I still function being a good example, like it's great in Insecticons, great in Dinobots, kind of thing. Yeah, and I actually think it's like, you know, overrated in other archetypes, but people use it a lot. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. bad or anything like that. but it, um, It's kind of like shadow stamped for those tribes with the way yeah. a lot of them work. So... Yeah, I, I think people don't think of it that way. If that makes sense, like yeah. maybe in the back of their mind, like, but it, there's a reason. Like, I play this deck because it's the best I still function deck, not because it's the best swarm deck, for example. Like, you know, makes sense. Yeah, swarm. Yeah, it, that that's actually a good way to put it. So, so uh, I mean, you're going to use the tribal cards, but it's really the neutral cards that are better in that archetype that make it even better. Absolutely true. So I guess that's a, another good segue into the second half of the action card. So like we said before, this is the last remaining vestiges of the card reviews. And then starting next time, we'll kind of dive into more stuff, either doing specific deck analysis or certain strategy analysis, or if there are events and results to talk about, we'll go from there. We'll kind of see how it plays out because leading up to packs, I think it would be a good lead in to go over some of these general ideas that Scott is talking about and has already written about over on Vector Sigma. Uh, There's a lot of things that I think would be beneficial to the community at large to get some of these ideas out there, just so that we can, you know, overall raise the bar and then keep helping everybody push it higher kind of thing. Yep. Yep. So uh, first one that we're leading off with is Peace Through Tyranny, which is, I would say, maybe the, the flashiest action i mean there are a couple that are up there but i there are very few that can come close to time walk and this card has an innate time walk but i don't typically play it for that what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, i play it for time walk all the time really yeah i mean i'm uh, not saying it doesn't happen but it's i think when i first reach for it it's i want double oranges and i want six of them so that's why it gets included, and then, okay, well, time walks happen. So if you're playing a deck that has... And most decks, I, I mean, if you're playing four wide, um, it's even easier to get this card off. Of course. Um, the situation you want to get yourself into is you want to be in a situation where you have the final turn of the round, so you're able to untap, you're able to attack with your untapped guys, and during that turn... Your action is to piece through tyranny one of your tapped guys so that you attack with the guys that are untapped and then right. the, the, the key untap everybody turn, you get to go again yeah. with whoever you want. And you really get blowouts when that happens. Yeah. And the fact that it's not, like, it's so much better than all-out attack because you actually get the full turn. You draw the card, you play the action, you play the upgrade. So you get a full another turn um, yep. the second time. That's where I found it to be... Um, extremely powerful, and then and the two decks where that's um, where I've 
I've been able to do it the most, I should say, um, are uh, you can do it in Insecticons relatively easily. Right. Um, you just you typically just have to hope that one of your guys actually survives a hit, so that can be difficult. So that's why sometimes it doesn't always go off there. Um, but I, f- I found in cars to be um, able to sack my guys relatively easily because you're able to control the tempo of who gets attacked so often. So normally the way that the damage looks at the end of the round one uh, would be that like all three of my guys are pretty are, are not heavily damaged, but damaged. The guys I want to be damaged are damaged because because I control the flow of who you attack right through all the untapping effects. So I can easily sack one of them to get like a wheeljack hit and one of my other cars hit and then play this. You play it first, obviously, but like you right. set set it up so that you basically get over a two turn course, like two wheeljack hits, and that's really all you need a lot of times to to finish off um, their best guy, if not the game, right there and then. Right. Um, because it's just too powerful with all the with the innate bolt three and all that. That's where I've used it to good effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wheeljack because of those scenarios, I feel should have had the Transformers Prime character model where he was a wrecker and pseudo ninja bruiser guy it was a little jarring considering wheeljack was he was the nerd in g1 but here and in prime he is a monster and things like beast through tyranny definitely can explain to your opponent very quickly how dangerous he can be yeah but like things like if you can if some the issue is that you have to have you have to have three guys alive typically yeah um, and that's difficult to do. So, um, I mean, you can have two guys alive, but then you're basically only attacking with the one untapped guy twice, um, which can happen, but it's not, it may not be as effective. I mean, that's where, like, in Dinobots, if you can get two Grimlock attacks, like if he's already suited up with um, upgrades um, and stuff, that's where, like, it can be game-ending because of all the, the trample damage. So, like, right. that's another scenario where, like, I think... I think people don't think of that play, and that's why this is a this is a great example of one of the cards I can talk about in the article. Where like it's a great, you know, Dinobots is a great piece for Tyranny deck. Cars is a great piece for Tyranny deck, and other decks that use it just for its double pips don't really have a great ability to use it uh, for its actual ability. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, I do have it in a lot of different builds. Again, for the double pips, like you're saying, but. Those ones are cream of the crop when it comes to actually utilizing the card, the bottom half of the card. Yeah. And would you say that if you are playing one of those decks, you should always be looking to set that up? Or do you think that's going too far and it's just you wait for those opportunities to come? Because I feel like there's a fine line between those two lines of play. I mean, you have to... I always look to set it up in cars, for sure, because I know I'm going to be on tapping all the... Um, it's one of the ones that I try not to, when I'm wheeljacking ability away, I, I usually don't just immediately throw it away or, or, or I sometimes don't even honestly incoming transmission on top of my deck because of those plays. Mm. But the point is you have to be playing a deck where you have three characters that are, one of them is clearly superior to the others from an attacking standpoint and you want that character to get two attacks and even in four wide decks, even something like Insecticons, that's not always the case. If you don't care who you're attacking with, then it's not as important. But if you want to get two attacks specifically with a certain guy against a certain target, 
that's where this card really comes into play. I think you just need to understand that the line, that line of play is available. Um, you not necessarily have to play for it. I tend to play for it because I'm so used to doing it. But if you're not used to doing it, obviously you can just you can ruin your whole game by setting it by setting it up incorrectly. So. Oh well, I think you're gonna. You'll close the game out one way or the other when you play this card. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. the game's not going to last much longer. Uh, any other thoughts on this one? Because I think you could probably string a few articles out of just this card alone. Yeah, it's just more powerful than it appears. It's not just there for the two pips. I'm actually, hmm. I've actually been surprised at like, I almost feel like, wow, like I'm also getting two pips out of this. Like, this is a really good deal. Yeah. That, that thought has definitely crossed my mind as well, because although, like I said, I don't, and maybe it's a function of the builds that I'm playing, because I can't set up those scenarios you're describing as readily, but yeah, it it was that initial factor of, wow, this card is amazing, it's a time walk, and it has two pips, and it's like, oh, well, that's a pretty steep cost, are we sure we want to do this, and now it's you know climbing back up that value hill again of okay, wow, this card does a lot of things. I mean, I'm also playing Super Rare Bumblebee, and it's an obvious combo there. So uh, Yeah, <laughs> that, so. that's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, all right, the, the next one was one that I was super excited about, and I keep, now I'm at the point of, like, waffling with it because it's a lot of the scenarios where I want to use it feel like I need the stars to align. Um, but maybe it still has a place, and that's Photon Bomb. So are you... Slotting this in a lot, or is, has this fallen by the wayside? Um, I think I'm probably not playing it enough. Um, I feel like I always want to play it. Like it's always on the table when I lay out all the cards, and then eventually it just you know as it gets closer to forty, it, it eventually ends up back in the box. It depends on whether or not the two is relevant. Um, you know, I mean, I, I we talked about it last time, but like I. I think one shot stand, one shot fall is better, like doing three damage to one guy than two across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, this has the capacity to hurt you because it can do damage to guys you may not want to damage, whereas right. one shot stand, one shot fall, you choose where the damage goes in both situations. Yeah, this is going to um, damage the guy that's already exposed. Yeah. And, or at least so, the guy that maybe it's more than one guy that's already exposed. And that has been part of the reason why it's been rotating out for a lot of my stuff. Yeah, it seems on on the surface to be more powerful than it is. Um, obviously, it has synergy with like bombing run, energon axe, things like that. So I, I I probably am just not playing it enough in like controlish plane build type things. But well, you know, some stream that, and things like that. That's and that's kind of what I was alluding to a moment ago. Was the obvious scenario is brainstorm into photon bomb into bombing <laughs> run which right. is living the dream. But I feel like that's asking a lot to come together. Uh, because you need to do it early because planes soak a lot of damage and maybe that two damage ends up killing off one of your guys anyway before you can even bombing run. Uh, it's, I don't know. I want it to happen. I don't know if it's there yet. Um, It's, to me, it's like the, I don't know, like, third or fourth best direct damage there's just other things that come into play mm-hmm. I guess as we see some of the other ones coming up soon that we'll we'll cover the same topic so yep. plasma burst a little more direct do you like this more than photon bomb 
Uh, yeah, but I don't really usually wind up playing this either. I have right. a new uh, Rare Optimus Prime build that I'm working on that this is in because mm-hmm. um, it just has, I don't know, 15 direct damage. Uh, <laughs> All the direct like damage. So, yeah. So um, because you, you want to get to this number of 10 because you basically want to be able to do 10 damage in one shot and this allows it as well. Right. Um, it's not. It's not 15 red damage. I'm sorry. It's 15 ways to get to 10 or more through a prime flip. That's the goal of the deck. That's right. Um, yeah, this prime is where I would see this would live. Yeah, I mean the the no pip thing hurts it. Um, I, I mean I really 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 like direct damage. Like I, I've come to appreciate it even more. Um, I just find that two is. I don't know. I just never. I never have guys that have like two hit points left. It's always like one or three for some reason. And like, I don't know why. Like, I'd have to run the math, but it just seems like you're either doing too much with this card or not enough. Right. Um. But I think it's probably underplayed. Um. Because people just don't understand how much how powerful direct damage really is in this game. I mean, it's anything that saves you an attack, even if it's like. I'll, I'll use an extreme example. Like, if you if you did this or something like it, even as your first three actions that you were able to play, uh, maybe not like you know turn one or two because you can't on turn one. But like you know, even if you, on your first turn there might be better things to play as a as an upgrade first. But right. if you played effects like this for your first you know two or three actions you're probably going to save yourself an attack over the course of the game, and that's really, really powerful. Absolutely. I'm kind of curious, and this is speculation territory, so it it gets silly very quickly because, you know, when you're talking about hypotheticals, it could be anything, but if they printed a equipment that did literally the same exact thing, I, I feel as though this card stock and that hypothetical one go up just because now you're hitting this critical mass of I have a billion direct damage effects, plus you could theoretically play this and that hypothetical one in the same turn. Yeah, Um, that's true. Because we did talk at length about armed hovercraft, which isn't quite the same, but, you know, the combination of those two in a single turn is a one shall stand, one shall fall across two cards and without damaging your guys. So it's, I agree with you that damage is... It sounds weird, but it feels like it's underrated overall. Um, the direct damage specifically. Like, I think people recognize it, but I don't know if they appreciate that. Okay, yes, there's no pip, but two damage is still... You're bypassing all their defenses doing this. Well, not only... like So, if this was a... If this was a combat action, they would... You know, you would be adding two on top of whatever their armor is. So, like... If this was a leap in the battle type effect, and you were going after someone that had two armor, this would essentially say plus four, and everyone would go crazy for that card. Right. And even if it had no pips, like you would obviously play that card. But that's essentially what you're doing. Exactly. Um, except for you get to choose. So that's that's why I don't. It's not about the the literal number on the card. It's about what it actually does and how flexible it is. Right. Um, I get that it has no pips, which obviously holds it down, but like. I don't know, a blue card pip like Leap in a Battle is held down on on attack. So, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, this is held back on both. But, you know, that's why, I mean, I really think the Prime decks need to be playing cards like this. 
Yeah, I'm coming to that conclusion as well from the few times that I've been able to run it. It's because of the no pip, it, it makes the math very complicated when you put it into a non-prime list. Because uh, yeah. I've had the exact scenario that you were describing where it's, okay, I'm doing two, but does that two matter? You know, because they were already dead because I was doing seven this turn anyway, right. sort of thing. Or, you know, I need to do 12, and with this 2, I'm only doing 7. There's a, there's no way. So, I don't know if it crosses that sort of threshold, but it feels like it should. I don't know. It's to me, that's that better I mean, than leaping a battle. Like, that's better than having to put the damage on that guy. If you can choose to put it somewhere else, it's, it's more fun. You know, it's just right. better. So. Yeah, the flexibility yeah. is important. I mean, it, that sort of comparison, I think, comes down to the build of, do you really want that blue pip, but in the, a yeah. vacuum? Yes, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. So that's a lot I of words. Under, underplayed. Oh, oh yeah. So that's a lot of words about a card with no, literally no pips on it. Uh, uh, and, and, and six lines of text. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, what about this one, ramming speed? Um, so, I mean, we've had discussions offline about effects like this, mm -hmm. and how I feel like people are playing scared uh, when they play cards like this. Um, I mean, you typically see this going in aggressive decks against force fields. Um, mm. When I watch games online, because I don't play this card very often, I only, I think it's like a necessary evil because it has an orange pip. So for my heavy bold decks that want it, I like playing this over things like Scrapper Gauntlets because it's more flexible. Mm. I would rather in like the fact that Drill Arms has a blue pip doesn't help my aggressive decks, right? Um, so it just it a lot of those cards that I feel are just better in isolation are just have awkward pips. So that's why this one works out. But I do, but I I try not to play it all that often because I just think it's it's playing scared. A lot of times you can mm -hmm. get around the problems that you have with upgrades. I want like in some gameplay videos I've seen people are like, my action for the turn is to scrap your matrix. Like that's not worth an action in my opinion. Like there's just mm -hmm. like or I scrap your your flamethrower or something like that. Like that to me is just not worth the action. Like I'd rather right. like in that situation, I'd rather plasma weak. But it's the fact that it's the fact that you do this because it has an orange pip. It obviously has use for aggressive decks to play it, and mm -hmm. there's just a limited number of orange pips that are that have a universal use both in your hand and in your deck, and that's why I think it slots into play. But mm -hmm. I don't typically in game in most games card games in general I don't like to play effects like this because I just feel like there's usually a way around destroying things like upgrades like just by playing play styling differently if that makes sense right so. I think it, for me I included like you said in a lot of aggressive builds uh, because of the force field problem so force field gives whatever it's sitting on an extra life and yeah it can right it, and obviously yeah. you can just you know run into the thing but right. the question is and this is not me saying this is the answer this is just the overall question of is it worth wasting a turn trying to punch it versus just popping it now slash you know having that extra orange pit like you said if this was blue i would probably never play it um, right. Obviously, if it was no pip, it would never see play. Uh, but 
the fact that it's orange means that you can just drop it in as a 38th, 39th, or 40th card, and then say, oh, well, oops, I'll just destroy your force field and then keep rolling, sort of thing. Uh, over time, I'm sure it'll end up getting cut or, you know, reduced to singleton numbers in a lot of decks. I have it right now. I, I agree with you. Playing with the fear is bad. But at the same time, I think that the ubiquity of force field is justifying this thing showing up in a lot of places. I mean, I, I feel like it's annoying when it happens to me because I don't like to play effects like this. And I, mm-hmm. and I, and I feel like they're underpowered. But, I mean, right now, this is what we have in terms of, like, removal. So, like, right. I get why people play it. I just think it's a little uh, overrated, per se. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. But pro tip for everybody out there, play all ramming speeds and tilt Scott, if you say yes. <laughs> yeah. You'll tilt him off the world, and uh, that's how you're going to win. It uh, happened last Saturday. So. Actually, <laughs> it was it was Drill Arms that, that uh, tilted me, because I feel like that card's not very good. So That's the, the That one destroys armor? Uh, I always mix up yes. that in Scrapper yes. Gauntlets. Yeah, it's the one that destroys armor, and I feel like it doesn't belong in certain decks, and it was in those decks, and I was like, wow, okay, sure. <laughs> Well, the, like you said, the, the card pool is limited right now, so right. there are gonna you're gonna see a lot of those things that once we get even just the Metroplex set, because it's gonna be introducing new cards. Maybe some of these things go back in a box and never come out again. We'll yeah, see. it's possible. Yeah. Uh, so rapid conversion is the next one, and that's something that I think start as my three white pips in every deck, and then depending on you know the rest of the, the flow will earn their keep or not. Obviously, if you don't care about your flips, which is... I don't have too many decks that don't care about their flips. Are you seeing this showing up in every list you have, or are you not that excited by it? Uh, it used to show up in a lot more lists than it's showing up in now. Mm. Um, I guess I've just kind of found ways around it, if that makes sense. Um, the cards that have very powerful flips... Um, uh, for example, like Thundercracker, Dark Mount, um, Grimlock, uh, Super Rare Bumblebee, um, Rare Megatron, Rare Prime. Mm. It should be in a lot of these decks, like Prowl. Like it should be in a lot of these decks. Um, but I'm sure, and I'm I'm sure alphabetically we'll get to it soon but i would usually rather play rollout over it right um at this point it, it comes down to like you have to think about when you're playing your turn like do i need to transform more than one guy over this series of turns for it to be relevant mm-hmm. and some of the decks i made recently that's just not the case um once you transform and, you're sitting in a given mode yeah and like i don't need to like it's really like a lot of it is really like Thundercracker. That's the one that needs to like usually transform back and forth, back and forth. But right. like a lot of time, like I'm not going to transform my Flame War forth. I'm not going to transform. I mean, would it be nice to transform Nemesis Prime back and forth to be able to use his two damage wherever they want? Like yes. So like you can make the argument that it should show up there. But like, is it the end of the world if it doesn't? No. So mm-hmm. like, do I want to take up a card slot? Like that's the question. Yeah. Um. Deck space has got it gets tight really quick. I found as I'm yeah. accumulating more knowledge, and maybe it's the wrong knowledge <laughs> in some cases. But 
as I'm learning more things about the game and, and certain interactions and the way certain lists play out, it's very it's very easy to end up with like 36 cards that I say, okay, these must be here. Oh God, I only have four slots left. Do I really want Rapid Conversion to be one of them? Or, you know, any other card. Yeah, a lot of it comes down to like, do you have a better white that you can use? Do you have a better, like, do you have effects that have already done this? It's, it's, it's pretty hard to get away from it. Let's just put it that way. But right. I have found myself not playing playset and everything. Right. I mean, a lot of things I've personally been playing have been Dark Mount or Thundercracker centric. So it gives me an excuse to just go flip conversion back, transform into something to pop somebody. So, but I can definitely see like Insecticons. I, I don't know why they would want this kind of thing. Yeah, it has no place there in my opinion. Yeah, which it's. It's something that has come up because uh, that's been a, a popular topic lately, <laughs> is the bugs in general. Um, and yeah, there, there are definitely builds, and I think a lot of people are throwing this in just because, oh, well, I get to transform again. But it's it might not be as necessary as a lot of people think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about Ready for Action? This showed up in one of your first articles, but I, if I remember correctly, you said you were no longer quite so hot on it. Yeah, I don't like this card much at all anymore. Mm. Um, I mean, the direct comparison is obviously to I Still Function. Right. Um, the way, and, and the reason I'm not so hot on this card anymore is because we have a full set. I was hotter on it when we didn't have a full right. set um, before the game was released. It's just that, so the 10 stars or fewer is actually a big negative. Mm-hmm. Um because a lot of the decks that would want to do this um, already have the, well, I guess only cars really has the ability to do it otherwise, but um, I guess you don't, it's very hard to like have a tapped guy survive and then want to like attack again. Yeah. I, I, I mean, a lot of times, you can play to I still function. You can play to get your guy, quote, killed on purpose so that you can use the card to bring them back. And I think a lot of people do that mm. too often, trying to depend on a card to make up for the character, which is not truly a makeup. And and this, to me, is similar. Like, I liked in the beginning or in Limited where you could control the flow of where your opponent's attacking by untapping one guy that you're attacked with in order to attack with a different one so that they're not loading up damage on one specific guy and like you might you would have two damage guys at that point instead of one massively damaged or one dead guy i guess that just doesn't happen when your opponent's just like you know here's a grenade launcher here's a leap into battle and kill whoever you tapped anyway so right i guess the point is i just don't find myself if i if i'm attacking with somebody and leaving them exposed to be able to be attacked I have to be. I have to realize there's a there's a, a non-zero chance that they could be killed the next turn. So so that would just ruin my ready for action. So absolutely, like the character that really want. I mean, the two characters like Super Rare Bumblebee, who has better options because he's a car, and Grimlock, who I may still play it as like a one of in Dinobots, but that deck is getting to the point where it has too many blanks. For me to be comfortable with right so that's why it just gets replaced by other options that makes sense i was also initially super excited about this card it felt like a time lock effect 
sometimes. Uh, obviously not literally, but it, it felt close to that and then has quickly dropped off. As you said, anything under 10 stars, you have to operate under the assumption that they're not making it long enough for you to really get value out of this because there aren't too many under 10 stars that you're going to want to untap to even try and do this with. Um, if it had a pip or if it had no restriction, obviously super super excited about it then. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have trouble justifying it in, in just about anything at this point. Yeah, it's a little too limited for what it does. Right. Uh, so another card that you're probably super excited about, and that's Repair Bay, because I know you love healing cards. So Super excited about this one. <laughs> so, I mean, th this one to me is even less exciting than the other healing cards, uh, and they're not super exciting anyway. Um, like, the one damage generally feels like it's going to be irrelevant. Uh, you're, and since it's spread across, you, you may not even get one damage off of each guy because of exactly what we we're talking about with ready for action. Whatever guy is exposed, you have to assume is probably not going to make it. So in order to even heal anything, you may have to play this on literally one guy to heal one. That doesn't... That just feels I terrible. feel like this card had to be double blue for it to see any play, and it's single orange, so I don't understand it at all. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's a common. I, I, it's there. Do you? Let me ask you this. Do you play any of these sort of effects in Limited? Uh, Maybe just for the pips? Yeah, but you not usually there's going to be a better, a better effect. Right. If you had really high armor, guys... Like I lost to Dark Mountain Limited, who was probably the best limited card you could have. Like, right. if you had a team with really high armor, I could play this because it can be really, really difficult to deal damage to guys with really high armor. Or right. you have a lot of armor cards, I can see playing this. That's fair. Um, but um, yeah, because the pip would would add more in limited. Uh, that's about it, though. You'd have to have guys with like three to four starting armor. And then have the ability to get up to like four or five with or tough with things you put on it, and then at that point, like you're basically saying one of your guys gets minus four or five attack this turn, and that's where it's powerful. Right, makes sense. But yeah, I, overall, I'm not super thrilled about it. But yeah, this is the worst one of them all, I think. Right. Uh, this one is one you mentioned earlier, though, and I'm including this in just about everything. Uh, both for the bottom half of the card text and the top half, and that's rollout. So are you, you did mention it, but is this showing up everywhere, or, or is it still isolated to those I-want-to-flip-all-the-time decks? Yeah, that just happens to be everything that I have. <laughs> so, right, right. Because I just think it's, I just think it's um, one of the most important aspects of the game itself is to, to have guys that, that can transform um yeah this is this card's amazing um i mean you get only one transform per turn this can this can be up to like three or four of those in one shot um any of the like when you flip to this side uh alt modes obviously want this um so like you're there's a lot of all things. the ones we mentioned before with rapid conversion Right. Um, 
it has no downside of putting your deck uh, because from the pip perspective, because it helps on both sides. Um, the only downside, to be honest with you, is that it only goes from bot mode to alt mode. Right. So randomly, there are times where it doesn't do enough because it only leaves you that option. So sometimes you have to like mm-hmm. do your order of operations in a way that's awkward. Yeah. Um, like transform after it or transform before it, and you really don't want to. Yeah. Um, or set it up for a turn ahead. Um, but there are very few decks that I think shouldn't play this card. Yeah, it, um, it almost feels like sometimes it does too much in those scenarios because you end up flipping a whole bunch of guys that you may not want to, which obviously... Some of the, okay. Yeah, some of the flips are a little... I don't want to say, like... The, the, it's almost like the flips were balanced by the fact that you could balance every turn. Mm-hmm. And then this just completely shoots that down. So, like, it's, you know, you look at things like Thundercracker's flip or Super Rare Bumblebee's flip or, like, you know, even getting getting Wheeljack into car mode so that when you play the upgrade, you still get to use his ability and you can immediately flip him right back to attack with. Like, you know, his ability is balanced because he's not attacking in the, in the car mode where the better car draw is. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you can just do both in the same turn Right, multiple times whenever you want, and it just becomes like, wow, okay, now I can see where this is such a powerful thing to be doing. Yeah. So. The only time I, I really, and again, this is by virtue of the decks that I'm trying to build, the only time where I don't usually include it is, again, Insecticons, because most of them I don't want in alt mode. Agreed. Um, and even there, because of the way the pips work, in my, even though it's not right, like in my brain... It's telling me, oh, well, I could swarm and then hit a bunch of rollouts and it'll be really cool. But <laughs> it's like, uh, I'd probably be better off if I just played regular orange stuff. Uh, I mean, it'd be good in that situation, but well, I, just, yeah. you'd, I would never want to use it. Like, I, I never, they never want to be in alt mode. Right. Especially all of them at once. Oh, I absolutely. If you wanted to transform and sacrifice a scrap or something like that, but you don't want a lot of them. Like, you don't want your. Because it because you want all of them to a robot mode, so like exactly, you 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 can't afford the four turns it's going to take to get them all back in, into bot mode. Honestly. Right. So I'm very yeah. curious when we'll eventually get the uh, the opposite version. The of opposite, this. Yeah. yeah. And I almost because of from having played rollout so much, I wonder if we will see it. It feels like such an obvious thing to do. Like for them to print, but I wonder if there's a reason why we didn't just get it right away. You know, if they really don't want people, tra- you know, turn one, transform literally my whole team into right. bot mode. Right. That um, may be too powerful. I don't know. Yeah. It'll be very interesting. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, moving on from rollout, which seems like it's everywhere, what about salvage for parts? My bet is that. We really don't see this much of anything. <laughs> My bet is I wouldn't have known what the card did without the text being uh, on the screen. And that, that kind of <laughs> tells you all you need to know. I mean, I know we've said in other episodes we don't want to just, you know, say, yep, play it, or nope, don't play it, and, and move on. But I don't know. It, it, I like these symmetrical cards because, okay, I know I'm, I'm going to be doing this effect. I can try and structure my deck to take advantage of it, whereas my opponent is only going to get a fringe benefit at best. 
I have no idea what scenario this that's going to happen in this, unless there's a future Transformer that every time that they lose an upgrade or they heal, they take damage or, you know, some, some kind of negative effect like that. And even then, it feels like I'm going to be working super hard to do something mediocre. I think we talked, I don't remember when we talked about this, but like, upgrades just don't stay in play in this game. Yeah. So, like, the two biggest plate upgrades are Force Field and Grenade Launcher, neither of which really stay in play past one year. So, like, this thing where it scraps all upgrades, I understand that, you know, it's one of these things we talked about in the past. It's a symmetrical effect, and you should be able to take advantage of it in your deck. But I just don't understand where you're ever going to get a lot of use out of this. Well, even if you think of best-case scenario, and I don't even know if you could call this a best-case, but let's say you had three upgrades out on multiple characters. You're now investing minimum four cards, probably seven, like you said, if you had three on at least two guys, to heal three to six damage. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you need to be taking out their upgrades that they're not ready to be taken out, but that's not... That's not the way the game plays out because people don't expect their upgrades to stay in play because... The only one I can think of is Data Bank. Like, what what else are you going to try and hit that they're hiding? Matrixes, like... I guess, like, but... People who put out weapons when they're not ready to attack, you know, like, because they run into a pe- bunch of people like me that don't play ramming speed and things like that, so uh-huh. they're not fearing it, you know? Like, I, I, mean, I don't know. It's possible, but like you said, the ramming speed and things along those lines seem to be showing up everywhere, so I... I don't know. It's yeah. I, I don't haven't have much positive to say about salvageable parts. I mean, this is another one that should probably have two blue pips, and I don't understand why it has none. Yeah. Again, I don't understand. What about security checkpoints? Speaking of two blue pips, huge fan. Yeah. Um, clear use in shockwave. Clear use in every single defensive deck. Mm-hmm. Um, really good in prime decks, to be honest with you, because they usually don't play a lot of upgrades. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. A typical built deck that, let's just say, has like 17 to 20 upgrades. I mean, because you can control when you play this, mm-hmm. um, you're probably going to hurt your opponent more than you are you. Um, it, it it probably doesn't hurt you anyway, especially if you're playing a defensive deck, because, you know, what are you going to do? Get rid of your 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 blue blaster that has the double blue pips on it? Yeah, like, that you want to like, pitch anyway. Right. Right, like it's 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 this card's really good for exactly what a heavy blue wants to do, mm-hmm. um, and I actually think um, it probably should see more play universally, just because um, I feel like some of the double pips on both sides probably could see use in heavier decks on the other side, just for the the random chance that you get it. It can be game changing during that type of attack. So yeah. like. I really I, I like this card a lot. I am I am like I feel like you're getting a lot of value so getting a double pip. I'm kind of surprised and this isn't really a gameplay thing, but they had peace through tyranny is the double orange rare card. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It has Megatron on it. He's the bad guy, uh you know, he's supposed to be the aggressor all this stuff. You would think freedom is the right of all sentient beings would which I guess would be a super long card title, but <laughs> that that would have been the defensive half. Maybe not necessarily with this text, but uh, I'm surprised that they didn't do that. Yeah, this is a this is a random 
titled card, but I agree. Yeah, it as to actual gameplay related things, I kind of agree with everything you're saying. I it shows up in a lot. The what you brought up about it showing up in not necessarily defensive centric decks because you can you know spike your blue count and winning one combat phase if we call it that can immediately turn a game around or close a game out because your opponent was anticipating certain things i mean you were mentioning that earlier with that surprise emergency maintenance where all it did was buy one more turn but one more turn was all that was necessary to change the outcome and maybe these sort of things especially because this one has relevant card text outside of the two blue pips. I'm not saying throw handheld blaster into random decks, but this one you could play to, if you actually draw it, you could play it and not, you know, feel terrible about it. Yeah, I mean, the only downside is I tend to not have, I mean, especially it's good for me because I tend not to have very large hand sizes, Um, but I've noticed that some of my opponents don't either. That's the only negative I can see, but... Mm -hmm. Like, I think what you just said right there is something that I think people don't understand, and I think even I'm beginning to only now appreciate. It's 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 extending the combat phase by, like you said, winning the combat. Like, so many decks nowadays are just made with, like, oh, all my guys are pretty much getting plus two because I'm just going to put all orange in my deck because I'm just the bold Insecticon deck or I'm the right. bold Dinobot deck, and you're just, like, throwing giant boulders against each other. Well, that's never been how like card games work like you can't just take two um you know uh what do they call them the um unstoppable forces against each other someone has to be deck right um even if even if it's not universal in that situation they need to be the object yeah if you don't have the ability to do that because you didn't build your deck with any defensive capability whatsoever then like you're going to lose to the more aggressive um, deck. And I talk about this a little bit in my um, my review of a Wreck and Rule gameplay video they did of Insecticons versus um, Dinobots last week. Uh-huh. Um, I talk about it at length in the beginning, hearkening back to some old magic theory on who's the beatdown. And I really started to take that to heart as to how I'm building decks now because of what you said, like trying to quote win combats that I shouldn't be winning, but are keeping me alive. I've just noticed that like when I was playing um, in the tournament and other times, like if my prowl randomly on defense flipped two blues and he had two to start with and suddenly I had four defense and and he only has nine hit points and it was like, okay, well I did nine, you know, take five or, you know, take seven if I did like something like oh I just did 12 damage to you I'm like okay I take eight like I'm still right. alive that was huge if I would have been dead otherwise yeah so that's why putting some more blue in certain decks I think is has merit to it yeah eventually it, it's the ebb and flow in general of aggro to control and as the meta cycles because like you said if you just have two glass cannons firing at each other the one that's a little just sturdy enough to survive one volley is what's going to survive. You yeah. only have to turn it. You only have to break serve once, right? And that that's kind of you know if you're two heavyweights, you just have to survive the other guy's uppercut once. So yeah. it'll it'll be interesting to see how the math works out. 
I I know it leads to exciting spectator experiences, <laughs> but I could certainly see that being a point of frustration of, okay, I'm running three security checkpoints and that's it kind of thing. Not that that'll be appropriate, but I know they're in there and either I whiff or I know my opponent only has three and then they hit them and then I'm going to scream. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a reason why the most powerful play of the usually have the opposite pick. There's like a right. reason that power, reason that body. It's because you need to be punished for playing a powerful in play effect versus a you know versus the right pip out of your deck. The only one that isn't like that is grenade launcher, which is just too powerful. So but that's yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a long discussion there. <laughs> right. Um, so enough about security checkpoint. Let's talk about start your engines. This is an actual tribal stamped card. Uh, it's obvious where it goes. You got You're going to be putting it in cars. Do you? So we don't. I guess rehash the the obvious stuff. Do you first? Like, how many cars do you think you need? Do you have only play this in car teams? Do you think two cars and something else is enough? One car is enough? I think I talked about this in Hunger Down. I would play this as long as I was playing any one single individual car that had. A transform effect. Mm. So, like, if there was a deck that only played Super Rare Bumblebee, excuse me, this only card, I would play this. If, uh, I guess if I was, I guess if, like, like, to me, it's just a better rapid conversion, obviously. It's rapid conversion and... But you get other stuff. Right, ready for action all in one card. Like, if, so I was playing any one individual that was, like, if I was playing Wheeljack and X and Y, I would play this. If I was playing... Bumblebee and X and Y, I would play this. Um, I can't imagine any other card just show up randomly in lists because they're also they're like the best ones are also tribal. That like I don't know, mm. like like I guess if I was playing like Mirage and some other white characters for some reason, I guess I would play this. Mm -hmm. um, I just I don't know what other cards would just kind of like show up, right? But um, I mean, this is by far one of the most powerful. Yeah. Like, undoubtedly, this is one of the most powerful cards in the game. Absolutely. Um, the combinations with Bumblebee are amazing. The combinations with Prowl are amazing. Um, the applications with, like, the three-wide Wheeljack, Super Rare Bumblebee, Prowl deck, is this is, like, by far the best card in it. Um, I don't think I've ever lost a game where I played this as my first action. Uh, because of the way I play it differently than other people. Mm. Um I mean, this is this is by far. I feel like this is the best tribal card that exists. I was about to ask you that question. Would you <laughs> yeah. go that far? <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I think this is the best tribal card that exists. It's just. It's just. You're getting a rollout combined with a ready for action, like, mm -hmm. and it has a pip. Like, this is just insane. Like, so right. Yeah, th this card does everything you want it to, and. A lot of cards are going to be better as we get more cards because, you know, whatever theme they happen to support is only going to grow over time. A lot of Autobots are cars. <laughs> You're only going to have better and better options to use this on. So it, if you don't have Starcher Engines, I know I, despite all the product I, I got, I still only have two for some bizarre reason. Uh, I need to acquire a third. <laughs> Yeah, like the guys I can think of offhand is like there's no 
we won't have a Sunstreaker and a Sideswipe yet. We, I'm sure there'll be, quote, better versions of Prowl to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, Jazz probably needs a better version. That's um, what I, yeah, that's what I meant, actually. No. Oh, okay. But I was uh, speaking Jazz and said Prowl, but I'm sure there's other Prowls also. I mean, um, if we ever get the Stunticons, uh, yeah, as Decepticons also cars, true. You know, they're, they're, um, there's just a lot of cars. Yeah, I think we've hit most of the G1 Right. The, the two big ones that I know are Sideswipe and, and Sunstreaker that they haven't made at all yet. Right. Um, but I would imagine, like, if I were them, like, I would push... I would always have, like, one or two characters of the original themes, which we have now, try to come out. I don't even know if there's any more... I know there's, like... I've seen random Dinobot toys that aren't these, so I'm sure there's random other Dinobots and random other Insecticons I haven't seen yet, so... Oh, yeah. There's Venom or whatever I know he's in. It's that kind I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and some Pteranodon something. I forget what his name was. Some Dinobot. So, like, they may push those themes with, like, one or two cards, one or two characters each in other sets and then push other themes as well. But I can right. imagine, like you said, that cars would be one of them. Yeah. I, it'll probably be a, a bouncing back and forth between Autobot cars to Decepticon cars and back again. Because uh, obviously, I assume long term there will be some sort of movie integration. So yeah, Barrick, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it, whatever people say about the movies, Barricade was one of the standout characters from that. The fact that he even survived most of the movies, <laughs> uh, as compared to what happened to virtually every other Decepticon. So it it's likely that we'll see him at some point as well. Oh, speaking of transforming, I watched the last night the other day, and I didn't Ooh. think. <laughs> And what did you think of it? I did not think it was terrible. Ooh, I actually have not seen it. I was, I, uh, well, I don't want to get onto a tangent, but I, yeah, <laughs> we'll leave it as I did not see the yeah. last night. I saw it on cable, did not see it in the theater, and didn't think it was terrible. Interesting. Maybe I'll have to check it out. We'll see if it's on, uh, on Netflix or anything. Mm-hmm. So we'll, uh, we'll leave the movie review for another day, but, uh, yep. <laughs> What about uh, Strafing Run? So, not quite Photon Bomb. Uh, this card's not good enough. Yeah, I don't feel like it is either. It's One damage is not exciting enough um, because I would rather have Zap. Yep. Simply be... Yes, you do one to everything, but you get the pip. And really, your, your direct damage is trying to pile onto a target, a specific target. So the other ancillary damage is almost irrelevant in a lot of cases. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, like, why does Armed Hovercraft have a blue pip and this has no pips? Like, I don't get it, so. Yeah, that <laughs> that mystifies me as well. Yeah, I know there's restrictions on it, but I'll, I'll live with those restrictions. Uh, yeah, there, there, yes, there are literally restrictions, but I really don't think they're that restricting at yeah, the end of the day. Yep. Um, what about Supercharge? I wind up cutting it from a lot of decks, but I understand it's obviously, like, you know, it's one of the generic, powerful cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think it does, like, in a bold base deck, it obviously does a lot more than, like, Leap into Battle, because the way your deck should be built, it should do more. Right. Um, uh, it, it winds up being one of the cards that, like, I wind up cutting for direct damage for some more reasons that we talked about earlier. Um, but I think it's it's very good for what it does. Um, it's essentially a leap into battle that's 
So, like, that's why I would always run this in an aggressive deck over the back. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this is, in a way, it's almost underused because of that, because it's so obvious to me that it should be an aggressive deck. So throw Leap into battle in the decks, and, mm. you know, I would rather run this in super heavy aggressive decks. Yeah. Uh, but I just find myself cutting it from some of the aggressive but not overly aggressive decks, and then some of them, like... Dinobots have better options, like Dino Chomp, even though it's blue. Um, because there's only so much you can do in the action phase that's going to just help combat. Again, that's why sometimes we're damage or things like Treasure Hunt and things like that that are going to help me in other ways. Um, I find this winds up just getting cut often, but it's obviously good for what it does, and it usually starts out in all my aggressive decks. Right. I, while I was still working out the math for a lot of aggressive lists, I was on the fence about it. Obviously, I quickly came to the same conclusions that you're describing that, yeah, if it, if you're in an aggressive deck, it's almost always better than leap one to one. But I'm curious to see a lot of the direct damage that we've been referring to has no pips. Uh, right. It's going to be just a math problem of figuring out, okay, well, is this actually better than Leap anymore in, in some scenarios? Because if you have enough no-pips, is that messing with your bold three enough? Yeah, it's true. Um, I, I have a hard time, while that scenario is possible, I have a hard time seeing it being true all that often. Just because, okay, well, you're going to be playing a lot of double oranges. Uh, you're going to still be... I mean, the blue on Leap into Battle will still be messing with the math in an additional fashion. But it, it's something that I think it will have to be kept in mind going forward. Yeah, I also like the fact that, like, compared to Leap, this has a built-in combo with, like, Rare Prime, Nemesis Prime. Like, it has combo potential in the, in the, the decks that typically don't have a lot of bold in them because they want to be flipping more cards. Right. So, like, I like it there a lot, too. That's a fair point. I was running it in Rare Prime. It, it kind of bounces in and out since you don't get to, to play it off of Prime. Well, I mean, yeah, you can, but, <laughs> you know. There's better cards that you want to be playing during the action phase, but, mm. like, I can understand. Again, like, I typically play as a regular in Rare Prime. The original versions I was playing, it probably won't make the cut in the yeah. Like we were saying before, did, there are a lot of lists that feel as though they're getting up to in the 30s of, I want all of these, and it's okay, well, how do I squeeze in these other 15 cards into 10 slots? Yeah. This is actually, the next one is a card that you kind of opened my eyes on, which is Swap Missions. So, there, I wasn't super hyped on it initially because it it didn't feel like it would do enough, but I got blown out a couple games by, by swap missions, and now I kind of see the light. So are you, do you still like this card or no? I mean, yeah, and anybody that can't run uh, Ready for Action, which is, again, this, that's one of the negatives against Ready for Action is how much better this card is. Right. Um, so all your extremely heavy hitters, like, I mean, this card's obviously insane in Rare Prime. Yeah. Um, because it allows him to untap during the attack phase else he's not even the, the, the target of combat um this is the card that originally maybe even one 
prime decks because you could make it so he's like not even the target of abilities. And then once you get one because of his ability, you can just keep getting him over and over again. So you can have like the rare prime attacks you three times in a round uh, deck, which is insane. Yeah, you, um, you, you feel super helpless really quickly if that happens to you. Yeah. <laughs> So like if you if you have like the the big guy two smaller guy decks this should automatically go in so like yes. your rare prime decks your if they exist like your rare Megatron decks like your um it, I think you can you can arguably play you should be playing Nemesis based decks um even though I think I didn't have it in my original Nemesis list but I can see the argument for playing it. Um, it's just that that deck's kind of like a combo thing where you want to be flipping over more cards. So like, right. Um, unless Nemesis has like a power sword attached to him, it's not as easy to do. Like you don't want to lose your demolisher ability. Right. Um, like Cosmos would want this card. It feels um, like this is another one of the unofficial tribal cards where the tribe for yeah. this is high star cost guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. And it's definitely something that, like I said, initially I, was, I had looked at it and said, yes, I can, okay, well, you're saving a guy or you want to reattack with a guy. But it, it was, for me, and this is in general with card games, I, I really have to play a game with it in a lot of scenarios, even if it's just one, and then it's, okay, now all of the pieces fit properly. But without seeing it actually shuffling up cards, it's hard for me to actually see it in my brain. And then, like I said, when I got blown out by this one game, I was like, okay, now it makes sense. And now I see where, like you said, in Rare Megatron, for example, I don't think that will probably be a thing, maybe, but uh, <laughs> it it will have to show up there in order to make sure that the guy you're investing everything in is getting, or you're getting a return on that investment. I think a lot of people just compare it to refraction and, and and those type of effects, and it's like, yeah, if I could just untap a guy, it wouldn't be an issue. But those guys are expensive on purpose because they can't be affected by those types of cards. They can't right. like the thirteen star guys can't be. I still function back. They can't be ready for action. So it has to be some negative to getting to attack with a guy that can pretty much you know throw bugs at windshields and kill Dinobots in one shot. Yeah. Rare Prime and things like that. So like, or Rare Megatron if he's completely like weaponed up and things like that. So like, there has to be a downside, and the downside is basically like, uh, I trade my five star guys attack for uh, yeah, Rare Prime gets to go again. Uh, well, that's probably a problem. Like, yeah. you know, like, so that's where I play it in any of those kind of decks. Yeah, I think most people would take that trade given the option. Right. right. And I think they look at it in comparison to other cards. And it's like, yeah, I'd rather just be able to just untap him and attack again, but that's too powerful. So luckily they made a card that allows you to somewhat do it with just kind of letting some other guy be the target. Oh, darn. Yeah, exactly. that anyway, right? You know? So, yeah, they were, they were uh, playing bodyguard anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. So the next one is actually something that I also feel like I underrated, although in my defense, that was prior to the FAQ clarifying things. So we're talking about swap parts. And the FAQ for people that aren't aware, moving upgrades between characters triggers their abilities again. Well, it it's not I think we actually got burned by understanding by us playing too many other card games. This wouldn't 
the cards themselves say when the card gets attached to a transformer. So right, this is attaching an, an upgrade to a different right. Transformer. In my brain, it was oh, this no, enters I play. I was just like substituting yeah. it on my own. It was definitely the way I interpreted it. Not yeah, same, yeah. same. So but, I mean, yeah, if you if you if you are able to like the only negative about this card is that you need two guys to actually like alive for lack of a better term. Like yeah, this has no use when you only have one guy. So like it can be kind of combo intensive because you need two guys alive. You need the equipment in play. Um, I mean, you're basically like, is it worth your action phase if you're just moving an arm from range guy to another? Like, probably not. But like, again, like I've said, my hands get down so quickly that like this at least is always a live play. Mm. Um, obviously, it's good with the specialist equipment, um, mostly multi-mission gear, because I don't like multi-mission tools, I've said before. Right. Um, I really like with Arm Hovercraft. I think um, this a deck that runs this probably wants the cycle of Drill Arms slash Scrapper Gauntlets. Yeah, so it's good with Jetfire, like those kind of Jetfire right. toolbox decks. Um, I've been trying to make it work in tanks. I'll never, I'm not giving <laughs> up on tanks. <laughs> well, it, and in all seriousness, it... What I want, and I have to get more games with it, is obviously armed hovercrafts are a good swap. Being able to swap things or pull something back with, say, a jet fire and then move it onto my tank if I wanted to, yeah. sort of thing. I think, so maybe tanks isn't the best way to describe it because obviously jet fire is possible in a number of different builds, but jet fire really enables you to. Okay, well, I don't really want that thing on Jetfire, but it would be great on so-and-so. Well, I'll just swap it over. Yeah, the fact that it doesn't take up one of your your upgrade slots for the turn. It's really good on turbo right. boosters if yeah. you fit it in cars. Absolutely. The only downside is you need the card. Like, to me, and we'll get to this, like, I think Treasure Hunt is better for what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically go get a second copy, then move the copies that are already in play. That's the only right. downside of this card, in my opinion. I mean, the dream is having multiple hovercrafts so you yeah, can focus sure. on bomb their side, but that, yeah. in this game, a three-card combo, which that is, yeah, I mean, three-card combos are hard enough in, in general, in, in card games. This game, it feels so much more difficult, just by virtue of the way the game works. Because your guys have to be be alive, and that's just just tough. So. Yeah, absolutely. And the, like that card has to be on range deck. Right, can be hard to have like an all range deck and things like that. Yep. Uh, next one, swarm. Another tribal card. It's obvious where you're going to be putting it in. I guess yeah. the, the real question is, how many blues do you actually have in your deck? Because. Zero. <laughs> yeah, everybody, and I think rightfully so, is migrating toward the I'm 100% orange, or, or no pips, I guess, for a few cards in Insecticons. Uh, for a while, like I said, I was using rollouts and was contemplating Matrix simply to try and get the double effect, but you have way better uses for those card slots. But it's funny, though, like, and this is, I had this conversation today with somebody. So... Zap has been showing up in lists because it allows you to save an attack on Shrapnel because he has seven hits conveniently, so his effect is he only takes three, right? So yeah. that's three attacks, and the third one is clear overkill even 
when you can only deal three because you would technically only need to deal one. So Zap's been showing up a list to basically allow you to save an attack on Shrapnel. Right. Well, if you're playing against what I would consider to be less optimally built Insecticon decks that have blue in them and they flip it to a swarm, suddenly Zap has no use because right. Zap doesn't even kill the Shrapnel. So it's it's really interesting that like that meta call of like what you thought you had an answer to is suddenly isn't anymore mm. because of what I would consider lesser built decks. It actually helps swarm. Yeah. Um, but the problem with swarm in on the blue side is that you only ever want to heal shrapnel. Healing anybody else to me is just a complete waste of time because yeah, it's going to be real hard for them to not just automatically be one shotted. Oh, regardless. So they're made out of tissue paper. Yeah, I mean, maybe Barrage is some hit over, but really, like Barrage is a two. You have to get him. You usually have to do two attacks anyway. But Um, you're you're probably only going to heal like at most two. And if that's the case, I'm not sure that's the difference between Barrage making it to three and dying at two. Right. Right. That's yeah. That's a good point. Like and. I mean, but the orange side is is great. Obviously. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you, flipping peace through tyrannies or improvised shields with this feels great. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can easily get four or five damage out of this without even. Oh yeah. Without even being, I mean, probably like more like three or four, but like. Well, they, I mean, the only, okay. the only negative is it turns off. It turns on energon axe, and I won't why. Like, there have certainly been situations. Where it was like, uh, turn the first, not the, the first turn that my opponent was able to play an action and play an upgrade. Their their action was swarm, and like I hadn't attacked with a guy yet. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just put one on this guy and the rest on energon act. <laughs> Took the one, like that was not a good trade for them. But well, at the know. same time, I mean, I guess it comes down to whether the Insecticon that they ran out there would have died with or without the Energon Axe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but typically, it should be a Barrage, so like he wouldn't have, but... Right. It wasn't a good trade for them, but it's not like they're not going to play Swarm. Like, when you're down to one character, obviously, it's a it becomes arguably the best direct damage in the game right. from Indirect, so, like, it's really good. Obviously. I mean, you would play... It's a good card. It's better than I even gave it initial initial credit for back when it was first spoiled, because I didn't realize just how aggressive the deck was. Yeah. You can really put out a lot of hurt. It is. It, it, it really helps barrage, obviously. Also, mm. um, and in the mirror, like in the mirror, it can only like can almost be right not to play this. Like actually play it because of like ransack, for example. Yeah, that's a good point. You definitely have to be very careful about playing it in yeah. the mirror. Uh, so system reboot. Uh, obvious inclusion. Bleh. Obvious inclusion for shockwave builds. Uh, honestly, for Shockwave builds, I've been, I must be constructing them wrong, or playing them wrong, or both, because I've had a lot of difficulty in finding something that's working consistently. Uh, are you seeing this outside of Shockwave builds, or are you trying to include it outside of Shockwave builds? Is this game's Wheel of Fortune good enough? Not in my opinion, because I don't see anything that's like a giant combo Mm -hmm. yet. They're all mini combos, and like, allowing my opponent to also draw four cards. No chance unless I'm playing Shockwave. Right. Yeah, it's uh, 
like I said, I, I really do like the Shockwave builds, and every time I play them, it'll be a few games in a row where I'm like, I've got it! I finally figured it out! And then I'll lose the next seven, because it I can never actually get it to work, and then it goes back on the shelf, and I'll play something else for a while. <laughs> I haven't fully built mine yet, but like this is clearly the key card in it. So. Of course. Uh... One of the starter cards is Team Up Tactics, and I, I wish it was actually... I was going to say I wish it was flipped, the effects, the trucks versus cars, but I don't know if that would really make much of a difference. I want trucks to work. Um, <laughs> it's nice to get a heal with a pip, but I don't know right. if it's doing enough. Um, it's a card that like I cut a lot, mm-hmm. even from the Primeless... Um... Like I might try it as like a one of in my prime cards list. It, it's the it's a fact that like, I mean, to be honest with you, the medic side of it, the truck side of it, is the advantage because yeah, medic has no pips. This has a pip. Yeah. But like on the card draw side, you can get much better card draw with better pips. Yeah. Um. So like, it almost becomes like. It's not powerful enough in cars. Like, I would not run this in cars. Um, but the, I, I think the truck side is fine, except for the problem with this car is you, the modes. You have to be in truck mode, which you almost never want to be in yeah. when you would play a car. Car mode, which is not a good use of an action card during for the car deck. Yeah. Um, to just draw two cards. So like that's where I think the cards just not good enough because of the mode restriction on the tr- on the truck part. But um cuz like you can't flip this with rare prime it will do nothing cuz he's not in truck mode. So right. like during the during the prime attack. So like to me it's just not good enough because of the modes. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I didn't include it in prime list that I was running. I mean I I had toyed with the idea of prime and cars. I went a different route. But, yeah, it... Even there, I think you wouldn't want it. Yeah. I mean, it, it because Prime is so important, that's what drew me to it. It's like, oh, well, I want to make sure Optimus is healthy. But, like you said, the mode is too constricting for the game plan. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Team Up Tactics, for me, at least, has been falling by the wayside. Agreed. Uh, now, the bigger they are is something that I think deserves more attention. Uh, and it's not for the pierce side, it's really just because it's an, an extra effect that gives you extra attack in decks that happen to want attack with a blue attached. What do you, yeah, so my blue-based decks... Hmm. Um, I don't think you can play decks where you're completely defensive. I just don't think the game I agree. has gone that way. But I think what you can play is defensive pipped actions, defensive pipped, so blue pipped action, blue pipped weapons like Energon Axe uh, bigger they are, leap into battle so that everything you'd want to do out of your is positive when attacking and everything you'd want to do out of the deck is positive when defending mm-hmm. and that's where I think this card should see more universal use in decks that would want to do that yeah Um. so that's where I think some of the the mid range that that I would consider that deck to be like more mid range because of that specific situation or aggro yeah. control. 
Um, and I think those decks just haven't seen play yet, but I but I think that's where this card has a home. Um, I do like it in Rare Prime as well. Yeah. To get to that, that magic number of 10 that I'm trying to get to. The the issue I have with this, with the defensive orientation, and I'm going to bring up tanks again, but I, I think it illustrates it, is in that the, a lot of the lists I was trying, it was defensive-oriented pip-wise, but yeah, it's running leaps, it's running this to try and make sure, okay, every card I play is... On, every card I play on my turn is offensive, but every card is defensive on their turn, which is, you know, in theory, what you'd want. The problem is, is that without the Pierce 4 on this, you know, giving Dark Mount, for example, 6 attack, if he ends it, you know, you flip into tank mode, poke something for 2, play the bigger they are, he's 9 stars. It's not unlikely that he's not going to swing up, and mm -hmm. therefore... Six attack is still super, I wouldn't even call it mediocre, it's bordering on pathetic when you're talking about you're not going to add anything with your battle flips. Right. It, it's it's tough. To me, it feels like this has to be in, and I was trying it for a while in Insecticons because, okay, well, they're always almost always going to be lower, but then I realized, well, I could just get Bold Infinite instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'll I'll just do that. Otherwise, um, I don't know. I I feel like if leap into battle is kind of on the cusp for a lot of things where it's just good enough. I don't know if the bigger they are is is good enough. I haven't a lot of experience actually physically playing those decks, so like hmm. I have to see what you're saying. But like in theory. It belongs right next to Leap as like Leap's four through six is the way I see it. So well, that's the way I would play it. Yeah, if yeah. you if you want that effect, I mean, you don't have a choice. You have to run this. There really aren't. Yeah. It's not like you have a, a variety of options. Uh, a buffet, it is not. So yeah. you you're stuck with it. I just I don't know if that and I stay and I'm not saying this is factually true. This is just hypothesizing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if. Yeah. That's a thing yet, just yeah. from card the, sure. the cards we have. Mm -hmm. So uh, now, treasure hunt you were bringing up earlier. I really like this too. It, it's been surprisingly good. Like I, I don't know what I thought going in because I didn't really have a, a solid opinion either way. I don't think, but it, it's turned out pretty well in the scenarios that I played it. Yeah, any any deck that wants to get a specific. I mean, obviously, raid launcher you'd want it. Um, cars really wants it to get turbo boosters. Um, uh, Dinobots wanted to get Jaws. Right. Um, like, I think people don't think about it because ideally you would just draw what you need and move on. I never need to do these things, but that's not the way, that's not the world we live in. And, yeah. and so, like, to go four cards deep, um, four cards is a still lot. An orange. Yeah, it's still an orange. The fact that it can get you, like, multiple upgrades means you're setting yourself up for multiple turns down the line. Yep. Um, that's what I really like about it is that it can get you your upgrades for the next like, two or three turns mm -hmm. by using one action now that like if you didn't use it you wouldn't have an upgrade to play at all this turn. So like there's no downside to getting the one upgrade you want for this turn especially if it's something powerful like turbo boosters. Right. And then if you are also getting like options for later like that's just pure icing on the cake so like yeah. 
not only are you digging for deep to get exactly what you want, but you're also potentially setting yourself up for further turns. Like there's, there's no downside to this card other than like, I don't know, like super heavy blue nemesis decks may not want it, but I still think you'd play it there. So like, I don't see any negative with this card. Yeah. I, I really wish this card was the opposite where it was get four actions. Pitch all see, the that's an, yeah, that to me seems like a card that should have been printed, but maybe too powerful. And yeah, probably like would be weird because you'd only be setting your future turns or your magical Christmas land brainstorm. But, well, but I'm looking at it from it the would... perspective of Jetfire because honestly, yeah. in a lot of decks, I mean, uh, on paper, yeah. Well, why are you playing it in a Jetfire deck? You want them in in the scrapyard yeah. so that you can pull them back. But it's still yep. maybe draw four cards, probably draw two, maybe draw four. I think that card will probably exist, but. It mm. may be too powerful. Maybe three may be enough, but I think I think that card would actually make me like Brainstorm more. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I like this card a lot. Yeah, Treasure Hunt is, has put in work for me so far, and I'm always looking for ways to try and improve on it. Or, yep. or improve builds with it, rather. So our last one is Zap, which we've mentioned <laughs> before. Uh, I was not expecting it to show up, but you're absolutely right in... The Scrapnel problem, it's definitely a potential answer there as a tech card. It direct damage in general, and because this is direct damage with a pit, it's definitely moved up my list. When I first looked at it, I was not really enthused, but it's growing on me. It does exactly what it's supposed to do, which is one. In any phase of the game, it does one. Yep. So, like, the... I think that's what people... I mean, it seems very basic, but, like, it's rare to have a card do exactly what it's supposed to do at all times, and this does that. So, right. Um, it's 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 what you want most of the time, and, and I think I think a lot of people, what a lot of people don't understand is like, I mean, yes, we have the shrapnel issue which we discussed, but the other thing is like, it's not always just the first zap that gets you; it's like the second zap or the third zap like can really get you. Like, there's certainly been situations where like. I'm sitting there like, if my opponent has a zap, I'm just going to lose. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yes, if my opponent had a one-shell stand, one-shell fall, I, if my opponent had a plasma burst, I'd like, but surprisingly, it's like, if they just had zap, I'd also lose the character, and that would really suck. Like, it yeah. seems like it's worse, but it's really not. I mean, it does exactly what you want it to do in all situations. Yeah. And Drawing into multiples makes it, like, oh, yeah. really interesting, so... Yeah, the fact that it, it, like you said, to to emphasize it, it does it in all phases of the game, and so I don't know if you're more often one short than two short, so plasma versus zap, but because zap allows you to, it, it doesn't mess with your math at all before the game starts, it, that's part of what buoyed it for me. I mean, it's it's one of these cards where people look at the this isn't good enough. But in I mean, in reality, not only is it good enough, there's and we certainly don't have time to discuss this, but there's there's a lot of value in a card's pip because it actually happens more often than drawing it. Absolutely. So it so it's like, blank. You know, I don't. I have to run the math, but like, let's just say it was sixty forty, just for argument's sake, because it's probably close to that. 60% of the time, this is going to be the pip you want in an aggressive deck. 
40% of the time, it's still going to be a card you want because it does the same exact thing it did the 60% of the time. So it a hundred percent of the time does want. So you always, you definitely want that 60% and now you're also getting on. That's rare. This game. Yeah. I could definitely see it falling off as more cards get introduced because it. Oh yeah. Naturally there'll be cards that are, and the discussion of power creep is another one for another day, but. You have to assume that the very first set is not the peak. <laughs> That's not as high as the mountain goes or as cool as the effects are going to get. They're going to introduce better and more interesting things because, well, they got to get people accustomed to the game first. So, yep, I agree. Um, so that's actually all of the cards. We've now done literally all of them, all the characters, all the upgrades, all the actions, uh, the promos, the regular cards, all that fun stuff. We'll talk about Metroplex once we have more details. But uh, let us know what you, dear listeners, dear watchers, uh, or whatever you want to call it for whatever place you happen to pull this from, let us know what you want to hear about, what you want to read about, what you'd like to see. Again, we have ideas and already have things in the pipeline for what we want to talk about and show you, but we're definitely all ears. We want to be producing content that people want to consume. So it, you had mentioned it that you already had a couple articles in the pipeline, Scott. Or is there anything else you want to plug early on? Where can people find you or anything along those lines before we close up? Uh, you can find me in most of the Facebook groups. Uh, the main one, the uh, the main fan one, I should say. There's not a lot of commenting going on. The main like Watsy one, uh, the US one, uh, the local Philadelphia area one. You can always hit me up on VectorSigma.info directly through the contact link. Um, you can just hit me up through Facebook or through other social media channels. You can find Vector Sigma. I, on Twitter, we have VectorSigma.info has its own uh, Facebook account as well. Um, shout out to the Wreck and Rule guys. I, 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 I did a common, I did a Monday morning quarterbacking on, uh, for them. Uh, so I'll continue to uh, uh, do that as I see another match. I don't, I hate to say like, has a bunch, it's not mistakes, it's just judgment calls that I would have made differently and I think right. it would make for a more interesting uh, play and uh, I haven't seen one recently so uh, when I see some more of them there'll be that so if you if you liked that type of content let me know most people seem to enjoy it and learn something from it uh, so there'll be that as well yeah I think that's the stage we're all in is just any information to help everyone learn is very important you'll see it in in traditional sports you'll see it in Esports, you'll see it in other card games. It always helps to watch and do exactly what Scott is describing, do the Monday morning quarterbacking. I mean, ESPN has made a living on that for many things before that <laughs> for many, many years. Uh, it, it's worthwhile to go back and review even of games that you've played if you have the opportunity to, to try and learn from your own mistakes or other people. So there's no reason to have to do it the hard way and make your own mistakes the whole way. You can learn from someone else doing it as well. Yeah, I think one thing we casually mentioned, but like probably should be stated uh, out there is, you know, this game is heavily about the play and not about, I mean, it's, it's both the deck building and the play, uh, but the play is a big part of it. And the games go so fast that like, 
one attacking mistake or one action card out of order mistake can really doom a game. So that's why I think it's also really important because people need to understand how carefully they need to think out every turn. Yeah, they're, the margin for error can be surprisingly small in this game. Yep. Uh, and yep. you, like you, I said, I zapped at the wrong time and lost. So yeah, it's something that you really have to consider. And those those sort of gotcha plays or blowout plays, like we've been referring to for a few different card discussions and scenario discussions, winning that one combat can turn a game around because you caught your opponent unawares, or you they misstepped and you capitalized on it, whatever it happens to be. And by the same token, it's not a matter of your opponent making mistakes, minimizing your own. If you play, air quotes, perfectly, your opponent, it, you know, you can only control what you can control. So maybe your opponent just messes up. And if you do everything appropriately, you in the long run, you're going to win more games. Yep, totally. So uh, thank you again for joining me, Scott. Uh, we're going to have yeah, this episode... We're going to have this up on VectorSigma.info, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, all that fun stuff. All of the contact information for both myself and Scott will be in the show notes. So as always, thank you for listening to our officially unofficial Transformers talk show podcast. Uh, tune in next time for some more random thoughts. Thanks.